Shabbat, as you'll hear later, it's been the most incredible thing. I feel like it's this deep, deep wisdom. And, and really, actually, most people in my life that took a full day of Shabbat were really only Orthodox Jews. The only people I knew that took a full day. And I would always have great respect. I'm like, really? You don't carry money? You don't drive? And even though, I mean, I'm not a religious person, I did have respect for it. And now that we, for 10 years, do no screens on um, Shabbat for a full day, I, I feel the true wisdom of our ancestors that, you know, it's the fourth commandment. And again, I'm approaching this more as like an ethical practice. It's above do not commit murder is take a day of rest. And that, I mean, in a full day and do no work. And for the modern times, I think that means don't be on the screen because it's about, you know, Abraham Heschel calls it a palace in time. Create a day that's unlike all other days. And we're all just so blurry right now. Work and leisure and pleasure and posting and stressful emails and FOMO. And it's just like, it's coming at you all the time. Sure. So I feel like, yeah. Well, let me ask, how many of you do any, observe Shabbat in some way like that? So you, you well, turn off, how many of you like don't drive? Anyone? No. People drive. All right. But how many of you turn off, like, just get off of screens and things like that? Okay, a few. All right. Because this is a really interesting th thing. That Tiffany, this way you've, you've sort of uh, defined it is different a little bit than the rabbis. I mean, you allow turning on lights and, and yeah, things like that. Yeah, we drive and driving. We, we create. We do a lot of writing on that day. We read. You can we, write. We make art. Um, yeah, I don't abide by, I, that doesn't work for me. And it's, I think if you look at the essence of it, it's about a true day of rest where you're grateful and present and it's a day unlike all other days. And I think today that means no screens, but it's our favorite day of the week, as you'll hear from our family, because it's filled with joy. And what brings us joy but reading and writing and making art and playing music. And so... Um, I was talking to this rabbi about this. I've had a lot of really interesting conversations. They're like, well, the 39 rules of Shabbat were based on the tabernacle. And I'm like, well, what's the tabernacle of the 21st century? You know, how do we evolve these very profound rituals and traditions for our modern times? What is, what is the tabernacle? <laughs> what is the tabernacle? Well, I think no, it's the a... the 21st century tabernacle. What is that? Well, I think it's like, what, what are we defining as work? And mm. what are we defining as rest and... I think everyone really needs to ask that question because that device is controlling so much of our every move. And um, it's infiltrated everything. And so to create a temple in time or a boundary, I think, um, I think the issue of screen reuse, it's affecting mental health, it's affecting relations, it's affecting our democracy um, with all the data we're giving away. So I think there's some really big questions we need to be asking about how we're using these screens. <laughs> All right, so, so I, I want to get at sort of where I think this has sort of evolved with you in a certain way, because I think it was, the other thing about your family was that you're, you grew up in a, a family where your father was away a lot. He was, he was a surgeon, he had to be called out, and there was times when he wasn't around, mm. especially when you were, you were young. And you always got, made sure that you got his attention. And can you talk a little bit about that, how you got his attention and made sure that you, he, did, he couldn't, yeah. Well... My parents, my mom, is my mom here? I, I don't know if my mom was going to come, but my mom and my dad used to say their image of me as a young child is my dad would be coming home from work and he'd just come back from surgery and he'd be reading the paper and he would like want to be winding down, which I totally get, which would be the equivalent of like scrolling today. And at a certain point, I would push down the paper and I'd say, Daddy, I need your undivided attention. <laughs> and my parents were like, 
that's pretty much you. And actually, I feel like sometimes with my films or things, I'm saying, society, we need your undivided attention on this issue. She, this she, does, she, she does this to me, by the way. <laughs> and now my li our daughter does it to me, too. <laughs> Just grabs the whole head and says, look at me. And but I, yeah, but people aren't doing No one's paying attention. And actually, at my dad's funeral, the thing that most consistently people said was, your father made me feel like the most important person in the room. He was so present. And oh, there's my mom coming. <laughs> That's good timing. Hi, mom. Um, but I don't think people are, no one is present with each other anymore. I don't think anyone, I mean, it used to be gauche to talk to someone and scrolling. And now, I mean, I just, it, it's a gas to me when people are talking to you and they're scrolling. Like, why is that acceptable? Why should, that makes no one feel good. And I just think, as a society, we're all in this partial state of attention and we're really distracted all the time. That's why we have our president. Okay, wait, all right, we won't go there right now. Um, let me ask you though, now that your mom's here, this is good. Hi, mom. <laughs> what, when you were growing up in the Bay Area, another big factor for you was you're immersed in this kind of technological yeah. environment. So can you talk a little bit about the Apple and your... Yeah, I mean, I, I was very nerdy. I mean, back, it's hard for people to remember who had an Apple IIe here, anyone? Okay. Um, Apple IIe, then the Macintosh, and back that was before the web. And it was so exciting to think that you could put your modem, do you guys remember the modem sound? And be like, shh, shh, and you'd connect to a modem, and it would connect to the library. And that was so exciting. So from that, this um, a good friend of mine in high school, we were both super into our Macs in 19, this is the 80s, we wrote this one-page proposal called Uniting Nations in Telecommunications and Software. And the concept was, what if personal computers could connect all over the world? And it was a one-page proposal. We were at Redwood High, and we sent it to Congresswoman Barbara Boxer at the time. And from that proposal, I got invited to be a student ambassador in the Soviet Union in the 80s to talk about the power of computers, which I know is ironic that I went to Russia to tell them the power of personal computers. <laughs> But I did, and, and, but the infrastructure wasn't there. I mean, I was from Northern California with a personal computer, and most of them were in bread lines. But the idea of computers as a way to connect us was exciting to me. And then I went to UC Berkeley. I studied filmmaking, and I would pay for my films in technology. And then I started working in CD-ROMs. Anyone? Does anyone remember this? And I was working on a CD-ROM about Sting, and someone said, this is now 1994, Tiffany, you have to see this thing called a website. Everyone who loves Sting's music is on the web, and they're on a website. I was like, that's going to change the world. And I, um, shortly after that, I founded the Webby Awards, and it was like I was in my 20s, and um, it was a very, it was a wild, wild west. And all of us back then thought that the web was going to connect us in all these new ways and people, and it was so exciting. And I spent a decade of my life doing that, but I just never, we never imagined, and it was decentralized. That's what was exciting to us. I never imagined that 20 years later, you walk down the streets and everyone's just, no one's present. So good. So you were, I mean, because you were an early champion, right? You, you, were, mm -hmm. you were doing computers before, I mean, really back when, the, when there was like this big clunky thing and then there was the, uh, the web and, so, and then you were this huge advocate very early on about, about what it could do and it, and it was going to, as you said, connect the world and do all these positive things, right? right. There was so much optimism and right. you were really leading on that. And so this transition sort of happens, right? What, what do you mark as the, uh, the change, turning point uh, there? Two things, uh, three things, actually. 9-11. Uh, mm. Well, actually, no, let me go back. 
yeah, 9-11, I would say, that was when surveillance became more, the data was more acceptable to be surveillance. Mm -hmm. Then 2007, the iPhone, um, because then you could suddenly have the web with you every second and um, for a hit of anything, distraction, whatever, so it was with you everywhere. Um, and then the business model of the you know, decentralized network really becoming about monetizing eyeballs. That was the term. We need to keep people staring at that screen. So when you're staring at that screen, there are thousands of behavioral scientists and engineers that they go to school to keep you glued to that screen. So that's all very real. And those switches made it get to this point where you can't stop looking at the screen. And, um, and then you're, you're all, we have all these free tools, Facebook, Gmail, but you're giving away that data and then they're selling it and then they're using it to manipulate elections. I mean, it's gone to a place that I think everyone has agency and actually this book is about just personal agency. Take a w day away so you can get some perspective back and be without the screen, get off the network and just be with your own network. Be with your family, be present, be with yourself, be with your thoughts. Because right now we're just all sucked in and jacked in 24-7 and it's not healthy. You know like they say with babies, like, oh, they're overstimulated. We should take them out. They're over we're all so overstimulated. We are all need to be taken out of the room into our own palace in time right now. Good. And on a regular basis, right? Weekly. That's a key part of it. Full it's not day. just once in a while. Okay. So now let me ask you about um, the Jewish side since we're here. I'm kind of curious about your connection to the, going back to the Jewish because... You had this this moment. How did that that that, that I think that you, you brought out a lot of Jewiness in me because I hadn't gone out with a Jew. <laughs> Again, was I, it was it a factor when when you met me that I was a? I was, but no, you missed that part, Mom. I said I was bought mitzvah. I went to High Hollies, but I didn't really go out with Jewish guys. <laughs> you missed that part. Well, I remember I met Ken, and uh, on a dark and stormy night, and I. He was actually went to one of my dad's book readings, and he went up to my dad, and he was like, I love your books, and I'm a, I'm a professor at Berkeley. My name's Ken Goldberg, and I could just imagine my dad being like, loves my books, Jewish, professor. Have you met my daughter? And I basically, and then we fell in love right there that night. But I remember that night, it was something about Saturday, and you go, oh, I don't work on Saturday. It's Shabbat. And I was just like, and you were so clear about that boundary, and Ken had lived in Israel during graduate school, and you took. Why don't you talk a little bit about? Well, it was so. It was. Um, it, I saw it as a self-defense uh, technique because the, the I was always feeling pressure in grad school that there was more to read, more work to do. I was always guilty, and um, and so I I found that this thing in Israel when I was there, the, everything shut down, and it was very annoying, really, because I couldn't get a bus and I couldn't get around, and I would ended up just hanging out, and I didn't know many people, so I would just paint and read, and, and I ended up really starting to really look forward to this Saturday, and it was just like this time to just hang out, and, um, and so when I came back, I just said, I'm, I'm going to keep this going. I'm not going to do any work on Saturday. I just take one day off, and the thing that I that found... That was before the iPhone. That was before all this. Yeah, so. this was in the 80s, but one of the things that was interesting was um, I would feel so refreshed by um, Sunday... Um, that I would get more work done on Sunday. I still think that's true. That if by taking Saturday off, I can get I can be as productive in in that one Sunday as I would if I worked through two days. Yeah. Well, I think that that so Ken was doing Shabbat. He grew up with Shabbat, and he would tell me about these beautiful meals on Friday nights. And 
And then I really, I thought that was so beautiful. And we kind of did partial versions, but then the iPhone, as we all know, just kind of made everything blurry with work and rest. Yeah. But then, um, well, yeah. it's also the, the food. I mean, it's chicken. Basically. He makes it great. He makes it great. But then we. Uh, it's funny because how many of you do chicken? Is it still a big thing on Shabbats? Is that? Uh, unless it's yeah. yeah. Oh, we and and challahs, right? I mean, but we. My mother always did a chicken dinner, and um, we, we. My family didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up, and we struggled, and so. But that was one thing. On Friday night, there was a fresh chicken, and I used to look forward to that. It was like amazing thing. So we try. We still do that. Cook a chicken. All right. So. We're going to have uh, the girl. I mean, I think a lot of people, when they find out that we've done this for a decade, they first they can't really believe it. It takes, they really don't believe that we do it. They don't believe that we enjoy doing it. And they can't believe that our kids enjoy doing it, which is, it's kind of weird that we've come to this point that no one can believe that we're off screens for one day a week. But we thought it'd be great to have Sydney and the girls come up and, and Sydney can ask us all questions about Odessa. it. Odessa. Bluma. So this, this is really the most exciting part, I think, is um, having the whole family here. Uh, and um, I was just so honored to be a part of um, editing and reading this from the very beginning and experiencing Shabbat with your family feels a little bit like going back to the shtetl in the best <laughs> ways. Um, and I really mean that. Uh, and I loved what you just said about um, Shabbat being kind of a self-defense mechanism you talked about when you were in school. Um, and Tiffany writes, the point is you can come up with a lot of reasons not to try it. But I found there are many, many more compelling reasons why you should. Things will come up and you'll need to make adjustments. Life can be messy and we are all only human. However, what you gain by having this practice in your life is transformative. Our Tech Shabbat is a force field of protection that gives us the strength resilience, perspective, and energy for the other six days. It lets us achieve the balance we need to live in both the online world and real life. It is our favorite day, and we look forward to it all week. Now, that's from the author, Tiffany Schlein, <laughs> um, who happens to be your mom. I'd like to hear um, from the two of you, do you experience it in the same way? Um, I mean, especially for you, Bluma, it's like you were born into Shabbat, right? You don't know anything else but doing Shabbat. Right? You don't remember a time before your family was doing it, which is pretty unique. Um, and so I'd like to hear from the two of you, uh, is it your favorite day of the week? What are some of the things you might struggle with? And especially speak to the kids out here who are thinking, is my mom going to make me do this when I get home? <laughs> this is the worst. I thought I was only going to have to come for Rosh Hashanah. This is the worst beginning of the year. So illuminate us. I was actually talking to a friend earlier today about it, and I was telling her that I think the only reason I'm not as stressed as I could be in my junior year of high school is because of Shabbat, because one day a week I don't have to do any homework. There is no stress whatsoever. My planner for the day remains completely blank, where every other day is filled to the brim. Um, and it is I get that recharge, so that then by the beginning of the next week, I'm like starting over. It's like starting over a new school year. And the beginning of the school year is kind of fun. Everything's like new and fresh and like not as stressful. So I get um, basically a summer in the middle of every week where there's no stress from school. Mm. I like that. Well, t tell us if you're into it or why you're into it or think about like what's the best thing about Shabbat for you, Bluma? 
Well, I like it because, well, like, my dad was standing, like, on the weekdays, and he's like, can I have your attention? <laughs> 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 and, and, <laughs> and, and, like, on Shabbat, like, whenever, like, the difference is, like, when I ask on the weekdays and I ask on then, I'd be like, sure. And then, like, like, we can pretty much, like, do anything. Like, it's, like, there's nothing blocking us. Yeah, and actually, I have had some friends, that was beautiful to hear. I have had some friends say, I told my family, we're going to do, do what they do, no screens one day, one day a week. And I'm like, that is the worst way to approach this. What, what I say to people, and it's really the way we approach it, is what do you wish you had more time to do? Everyone has that list. I mean, I wanted to learn how to play the ukulele. I pretty much do that on Shabbat. You want to do art. You want to read. You want to nap. You want to do nothing. You want to go out in nature and fill the day with that. Everyone's got a list. Let that day be about all the things that you wish you had more time to do. I also think that it's not, it's, it's not like automatically it feels great to be without screens because you'll see that you have all these rituals that you didn't realize were built into screens throughout your day. Um, and so I remember, like I was six when we started doing Tech Shabbat, but a big thing was not watching Saturday morning cartoons. Like that was the big transition for me. Um, but now like, I can't even imagine. I love Saturday mornings. I read, you know, until <laughs> I, I know I feel compelled. I'm hungry enough to get out of bed. Um, and you know, it's wonderful because that you create new rituals uh, in that do you feel more Jewish as a result of doing this? Uh, yes, because people know that we, they know, you know, we always have people over for Shabbat. We have a big Shabbat meal. I've been there. You guys don't even have a Torah yeah, over there. There's no. No. I think people immediately think we're really religious. Yeah, and it's funny because I don't, I don't do qualify. You heard me start at the night. I'm not a religious person because people here, we do these tech Shabbats and they're like, oh, oh, do you not drive? And I'm like, no, no, I'm a cultural Jew. And they're really surprised. They don't know what to do with it. So I think I have great respect for what I've learned about Shabbat. It gets better the, the longer we've done it and the more I read about it. It just seems like they're writing about today. It's so much wisdom. So I have great respect for this Jewish. I think it is the greatest gift to the Jews. And like what Odessa was saying, you, it resets every week. And right now, everything is just coming at you all the time. And there's value in this, this structure of resetting each week. Do you want to say something? Well, I was going to also, you know, you pointed in the book to this idea that before there was Shabbat, there was kind of just that amorphousness of time. Think about it. Before Shabbat, everybody just worked. There was no week. There was no seven-day period. It was just work, 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 work. And when, when we got Shabbat um, during the seventh day of creation, before the commandments, on the seventh day of creation, all of a sudden it was, there's a seventh day, and you're going to stop doing what you consider work, and you guys have, have really focused on the screen part of it, which I think is admirable, because does anybody here not have a screen? Raise your hand if you don't have a screen. Thank you, Rosalind. She's living in the 40s and 50s where we all want to be. And you know what? The fact that there's just one person here, it, that's unusual, that there's anybody in our society anymore without a screen. So I think this idea of taking that one day and resetting yourself, as you said, it's like it's, a, it's back to the future, right? It's what we hope, it's what we hope the future is going to be like, but you're going back to this time. And I loved when you said, um, and I really agree with you, you guys said like, you don't just jump into it. You don't tell people like, I'm just doing the whole thing all at one time without planning, yeah. right? Um, 
And you said planning for your first tech Shabbat is a little like planning a day trip to the 70s or 80s. <laughs> Some of us remember the 70s or 80s. 50 years ago when people were predicting what life would look like in the future, they talked about spacesuits and teleportation. I doubt anyone imagined we'd be culturing our own pickles and making macrame wall hangings. <laughs> but here we are, and I think this desire to return to analog items makes sense. When time is your greatest luxury, the things that take the most time, making things by hand, become more valuable. Tech Shabbat allows you to take a break and remember an era when spending time on things that take time was part of the pleasure. It's also not just about, um, I think tech, the screen part is a big part of it, but more than that, I was, t again, talking to my friend about it, I was like, it's just the concept further of that screens are now so inextricably tied in with work. Um, and so we use technology, like that's we to we drive, we use Alexa just for voice commands, but it's not about, it's about um, technologies like, urging, technology urges us to do, so be productive, yeah. and so it's taking that step away to not be productive, and that's the key, not necessarily, mm. un like, um, like taking away your technology, but considering that it tries to make you be working all the time. Yeah, and even um, posting, like, for the book, I'm having to do so much more social media than I'm comfortable with. So I was at the office today, they're like, do an Instagram story. And it was like a rabbit hole. Uh, what, what do I, I was thinking, it felt like work, you know? And I think we're so busy recording ourselves and saying the witty posts and what are people, what's the filter and what did I say and what are the likes? It becomes work too. So even if you're on vacation, just taking a picture, it all starts to feel like work on some level um, yeah. also. What would you each say um, is the greatest teaching that Tech Shabbat uh, has given you, or what you'd like other people to learn um, from Tech Shabbat? Well, like, maybe, like, like, well, sometimes when, like, you're just, like, on your screen on Saturdays, like, and, like, you're on it for, like, a long time, and when you get off, you just feel like, oh, and, like, you're sometimes, like, grumpy and stuff, and it... <laughs> What, can you also talk about w how you feel after Shabbat? What you do at five o'clock on Saturday? Well, you guys go out, and <laughs> me and Odessa like go on our screens. Well, like, yeah. We, we call it our double date with technology. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but we're all. Yeah. That's the other interesting thing is that you we rush to slow down on Friday night and to turn it off, and then on Saturday night. It has this kind of dual effect because, oh, look at this miraculous thing called the web. And it makes you kind of reappreciate how amazing it is, too. We're not anti-tech. It's just yeah. not all the time. And yep. it was like, I, I also don't think like you should say it like, we're not doing any screen on Saturdays. Like, it's not really like that. It's like, like something that you really like to do. Like if you like to go on like roller coasters or something, like you shouldn't put it as like a battery. Like instead, you could you couldn't you didn't even have to say we're not doing screens. You guys could just like go to the beach and not bring your screens. What about the the like the social pressure, the peer pressure? Do either one of you ever have friends that either either way they go? That's weird. You can't go to a movie on Saturday or hey, we want to come to your house where there's no screens. I find, um, I think especially with social media and the social, like there's the social aspect that I enjoy not being available to my friends, um, especially in a lot of different ways in school or asking for, you know, 
have you done this homework or anything, and I'm completely not available or able to respond to that is a nice relief. Um, and I sometimes, I recently I've been like not wanting to go back on my phone until like six or seven on Saturday to like prolong that not being able to respond. Sometimes it is difficult um, when my friends are hanging out on Saturdays, but I, I typically enjoy, I'm like an introvert, so I typically enjoy getting to like I don't know, not having to interact as much as I do on a regular weekday. Um, and I, I enjoy that sometimes solitude and like being able to be in my own head for a while. I read a ton on Saturdays. You, you know one thing, I, I would never have called myself an introvert, but I think Shabbat has taught me the value of, of introvertness for one day a week because I, it's a very reflective day. Like we're hanging out, it's family day. Like people say, well, what if you have lots of plans? I'm like, we try not to make lots of plans on Saturday. Like the way we're all living with all these, and we've done it with both of them in soccer. A lot of people want to know that. And we just make a plan. We tell the team, we'll be there. You can't get in touch with us. So you can't like text, I'm parking. I'm five minutes late. I'm around the corner. People just text so much right now. And there was one piece of research for the book I read that's made me text a lot less, which is that it takes 23 minutes to get back into flow when you've been interrupted by a notification or a text. And I think now, do I really want, is it that important? Like, could I email them or, so I just feel like we're, when we make plans, you can change it so easily. So on Saturday is really a day about not being so out there. Like we have a big Shabbat dinner on Friday night. It's very social. We're out and about all the other days, but one day just recharge. Right, but one aspect is it's not a solitary, just us. I mean, generally on Friday night, we try to invite people over. So I was actually curious what you guys think about that. You, you know, sometimes we was like, there's nobody available, and they'll be like, wait, who's nobody's coming over? What, what do you? Yeah. What did you, yeah. We have to hang out. We have to hang out with you yeah. guys. Like. No, they hate like, that. So what do you, what do you think about this yeah, idea? Well, I really like it because it's like it's like a party every Friday, <laughs> and I just really like going over there because like. Also, I feel like we're like inviting other each people to do it with us and just makes it more fun too because like it because it's like there's so much to look forward to like the next day you can just hang out and do whatever you want without screens sleep in (laughs) yeah and then you also get to have people it just makes it even better yeah, I love our Shabbat dinner. I think because we have the exact same meal, the exact same appetizers. I mean, there's variation. It takes all with the like, guests We make the uh, same seasons, thing every week. Sometimes the vegetables change, but um, it brings back like the same like intense feelings every Shabbat because the smells are all the same, the sounds, the people over. And we always have the best discussions on Shabbat because there's like absolutely no interruptions. And so I've because of all our guests, I get to have conversations with amazing people and I'm um, my parents like you know I get to be introduced to all these new ideas I think it's also taught me um, like the skill of like talking over dinner that I feel like you know gets um, clogged when people have phones and are looking at their phones at um, while eating I don't know that's a big problem screens screens at family meals screens in restaurants screens in the bathroom stall that keep you in there for hours ordering on Amazon Have you noticed today that bathroom lines are longer? It's because of Amazon. Anyway, um, that's that's not a data point. I just made that up, but I think it's true. Um, The other thing that I love um, that you mentioned in the book and the other about the book, 
Um, there is a lot about history and there's practicality. What I love is you actually teach people how to do it. You have a roadmap in here. You have lists of stuff to do. Um, one of them that you and I have a great affinity for is making challah. And what I love about making challah sisters. sisters is that you can't just do it at 6.05 if you're going to have dinner at 6.30. You have to plan on Thursday night your day on Friday. So I like the fact that making homemade challah, even though there's some great challah that you can buy in the community, Mimi Greisman, um, <laughs> is, is that you, it prolongs the Shabbat because you're actually preparing. Like the girls know that there's, they're going to smell challah. Well, actually, they're they big. Home. They're my challah maker. So Bloom and I make it. Friday, every Friday morning. And that's been a really meditative process. Now it's been 10 years yeah. we do it. And our hollow was not very good at first, I have to say. It's gotten a lot better. But <laughs> I was determined we're going to learn this recipe. We kept tweaking it. But we make it in the morning. Yeah. It rises all day. And then Odessa braids it. Bluma paints it. it our guests usually sprinkle it. It always feels like, like the start to the weekend when we make yeah. that. Yeah, and those rituals, again, it's about ritual. And Odessa was just reading an article about family and ritual that... Oh, yeah. There's so many rituals we don't have anymore. There, we need more rituals. There needs to be rituals for so many more things. And it, it, gives, it gives you great meaning to have ritual. You know, the, the, um, one of the first Shabbat experiences I had with your family, um, there were a lot of people coming to your house Friday night, and I got a ride with two other people um, in the city. And we were going over the Golden Gate Bridge, and tragically, there was a motorcycle accident, only about five cars in front of us. And when the motorcycle accident happened, it shut down the bridge. And we were supposed to be at their house at 6.30. And so it's me and two guys in the car on the Golden Gate Bridge, shut down. And now it's 7 o'clock, and, we and we have a bottle of wine and two challahs in the car. And I said, we, we, gotta, call, we gotta call them, we gotta tell them we're not, we're not there, we gotta call them, we gotta tell them we're not there. And Adam Warbach said to me, they know we're not there, Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, yes. They, they, you, I wasn't there, so they knew that I wasn't there. And I just looked at him like, oh my God, that's you're so right. That's, that's so profound, that's so profound. They knew. And you know what? And he also made the point, like, they're going to still do Shabbat if we don't show up for an hour. They're not going to wait because they, they, you guys assumed we weren't going to text you. We would just show up at some point. And if we didn't show up for dinner, we'd get there for breakfast and explain why. But I just love that moment where I thought the Schleins, the Goldbergs, they are doing this ritual in a way that encompasses thousands of years of history, which is... Uh, Stop whatever your work is. Turn inward. Look at the ponums of your beautiful family members and take, we, we actually, in Judaism, it's 25 hours. It's 25 hours. You guys short shrift us a little bit. But what I'd like to know before we um, hand it off to people why asking questions, why is it 25 hours? You know when the sun sets, there's the beginning. We light the candles. And it's not until how many stars in the sky? Three stars. So that's tw a little over 25 hours. And most of it is because we love Shabbat. Like we, and we, like, we love Shabbat so much, we prolong it and we stretch it out an extra hour every week, right? Yeah, you know, one thing, um, you know, I have two goals with this book. I never thought this was going to be my first book. I have to say, there's another book I'd really want to write, but the longer we started doing it and the, the longer we did it and the better it felt for us, the more mashugana everyone became with their addictions. Like, you can't walk anywhere without everyone's heads down, like ostriches in the sand, really. So I felt urgent. But here's the exciting part to me, is kind of liberating Shabbat from just the religious Jews and just the Jews. I want it to be like, I do yoga and meditation, and I don't, well, maybe I'm a little bit of a jubu, but I don't feel like I need to 
be part of those faiths to get great value from those practices. And I would love taking a tech Shabbat to be like that, that this is a great wise gift that many other cultures have adapted and they're gone in most cultures too, except you're, if you're really observant. But let's use Shabbat for what it can bring to people, which is this profound wisdom of a way of living, a practice that can like really right the balance back. We're so out of balance right now. The pendulum has swung so far with the environment, with politics, with our screen use. I mean, it's just like, we're all the way over here. Like Shabbat will help this come back if enough people do it. I really believe that individually and on a larger level. I totally love that. It's shifting a collective consciousness. Yeah together we as a world, as a, for, as a planet. We need more time for reflection. We're just, we're mm. not reflecting. Now you're, son, you're sounding a little Buddhist, so we're going to get back over here, the, re <laughs> the reflection part. I told you I'm a um, little Jubu. I know, you're a little Jubu. So I'm going to throw it out and um, give the remainder of our time together. Um, if anybody here has any questions to ask Tiffany or Ken or Bluma or Odessa. Yes, Susan, you want to start? It was uh, the, it's, yeah, we were part of, it's, re they're actually not tech people. There is a lot of like filmmakers and culture makers, some technologists, and it was called the National Day of Unplugging. That's when we did it for the first time. It's called Reboot, but it was just one ceremonial day a year, but we did it and we just never stopped. So we're the only ones who just kept going every week. The first time, but that was when we came back to it. When we came back to it, yeah. Yeah. It's in the whole chapter in the book. <laughs> they're on. I don't know what uniforms we're wearing. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? Do you yeah. really plan for it? Print out directions. So Friday. He wants to. He wanted to know about the soccer dad thing. Yeah. Because okay. I do get that question a lot. So Friday afternoon, it takes like five minutes, and you look up what color shirt, you look up the field, and you let the team know, and that's it. And it's just amazing that we all existed before the smartphone. Um, we have a landline. That's in the book. There's a whole chapter about what you need, and one of the things is a landline, which is really good with if, you, if there's an earthquake. It's really good for finding a lost cell phone, and it's really good for emergencies if people want to call you on Tech Shabbat. Um, but I, I ha well, oh yeah. the other thing that, that 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 you do really well is you print out all these things that are like to read, and she has a this phone whole. Book. She has a phone book that's all written down, um, all the numbers, it's and then yet, she <laughs> yeah, I come down in the morning on Saturday, and she's got this whole thing laid out with journals and all this thing. Yeah, yeah she's no, got she's there. got like, no, like you guys both. Dad has like seven notebooks. Mom has like a bunch of notebooks. I and I just come down and I'm like, oh hi, <laughs> we've been up since five in the morning. <laughs> well, it, we do journal. We. During the week, you know, we're all, there's so many interesting things that fly by you, but we're all kind of skimming because you have not a second. So if there's ever something we really want to think deeply about, we'll print it out or put the magazine or the book on the table. And then, or even if Ken and I have something we want to talk, we're like, oh, let's wait for Saturday. Because we want to, we want to be focused and not like doing a million things like we're all doing. So it's like our day to like go deeply on things. Yes. Yes. Grandma. Glamma. <laughs> sorry, Glamma. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Uh, several things. 
I'm a psychologist, and one of the things I ask my clients is describe dinner for me at your family. And that's very telling. People don't eat together anymore, or if they eat together, they're on their phones. I think in addition to Tech Shabbat, I, mean, I read an article a long time ago that sort of changed my life. It was Dear Abby, okay? <laughs> and this woman said, I take a vacation every day. And I thought, what a concept. And so I decided I was going to take a vacation every day. And I'm not a morning person, so I designated the morning. I get two hours, I get up, I read the paper, I have coffee, I have a vacation. But dinner, every night, people should put their cell phones down because we, what we you do talked that too, about the, yeah. was self-reflection, which is good. The other thing, which you totally uh, intimated, was communication with other people. People are, even people out on dates, they're looking at their phones. They don't talk to each other anymore. And solitude, you know? People that can't be alone with themselves and their thoughts, they're anxious. And so they turn to their phones. I think it, and the other thing that you said that I liked is I think about, I'm pretty introspective, about time. And time is, just folds into itself, in and of itself, unless there are punctuating moments. Right. And Shabbat is a punctuating moment every week, and ritual is very important for stability and structure and stability. So I think it's a great idea. And I also want to um, say, thank you, Glamma, that um, your family really is a role model. And I don't want to use the word like guinea pigs because guinea pigs are not kosher. But you are, you, and because you, when people think about the observant religious Jewish family, um, where's your payas, man, right? You're, you're supposed to be Orthodox. But what you're saying is this is not just for the Jews. It's actually essential for a family to call itself a family, um, to have that time. You don't even have to call it Shabbat, but you have to have some time that is sacrosanct. And what I love in here is, you know, I was trying to get at it with you guys, which is you're not embarrassed by this. I love how proud yeah. you are about it. And I also think that as parents, we have a really hard time saying to our kids, no, put that down. This is not the time because kids are as addicted as adults to this. And you pointed out you said you find it disrespectful and rude the way that your generation treats each other around technology where it is actually acceptable um, when you walk into somebody's house for their kid not to put down their phone and look at you and say, hey, nice to meet you, or hey, thanks for coming. Um, and there's, that's about civility, but it's also about just having a relationship with another punim. Yeah, I definitely think so. I, uh, I got a smartphone uh, at the second semester of ninth grade where a lot of my friends had got them going into sixth grade. Um, and I think we're at this point, we're in our kind of evolution in regards to technology. We haven't reached the point where there's an etiquette regarding technology, and especially that's not being enforced um, with like my generation. So I, there's definitely a pattern where as soon as they get the phone, it's like, you know, this like frenzy, and then slowly you begin to learn the rules of etiquette surrounding them, but there's not this, you know, like the little book of manners my mom keeps in the bathroom. <laughs> um, so there's I'm not the, the curator thing. of the bathroom literature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You should. Um, but it, I think it happens not just in my generation. I was telling my, I was last night at dinner, I was telling that I was talking with the teacher after class, and all of a sudden he was looking at his computer, and I was so shocked that he cut off mid sentence. It wasn't 
listening to me anymore. And I was just like sitting there, like, kind of aghast, and I walked out of the room. But it was such a weird, you know. Um, think, yeah, is that the way it ended? Like the conversation a, ended yeah. by him just turning to the Yeah, computer. people feel it's okay, especially if they get buzzed. It's like just okay to just be like, oh. And then they're just like, that person's more important and on the phone than the person right in front of you. And you notice things, like, more, like, like on Saturdays, like, well, let's say, like, you were cleaning out your room, you can find so many things, and you could, like, see so many things. Oh, yeah, she's big on cleaning closets. If you, anyone needs her closet cleaned, by the way, she's available. But only so on Shabbat. Only on Shabbat. But, the, you know, it's interesting about you talk about the addictive, because there is this feeling that, I, I think, you know, we just found out about jewels, that there's bad for you, right? I, and no, no one's really surprised, but it's interesting that we didn't know for a while. It seemed like this... You know, all this cloud of smoke, it seems sort of fabulous. But then it was like, this is really not okay. So I think the same thing is um, that with the phone, that it snuck up on us. And the idea that you get this buzzing and you feel like you got to get, you have to answer it. And that's, that is a kind of addiction. And so the having the one day off, me, now my phone rings, I can, I, I, don't, I don't feel an urge to respond to it, which actually I feel is like very liberating in some way. Yeah, Ken's right. It's like it. Every week, because you live without it, it kind of, it's, yeah, it reminds you how much it's controlling you the other six days. And um, it's made me do all sorts of things. I have no notifications on my phone except for them and my mom because it was too much. I just, I, I was interrupted every second. So there's no notifications. And there's a lot of strategies I talk about in the book for Shabbat, but the other six days too. But it is addictive. And this is like this one day that kind of, recalibrates how you, every week you get to kind of think, does this feel good? Does that feel good? No, that doesn't feel good. And it kind of resets you. Yeah. I now carry a book around with me. So at school, in between classes, I read before class. Instead of just like pulling out and your phone. Uh, well, also like you can like, it's not like just the examples that we're saying. Like you can like try doing um, what you're doing and then just be like, actually like, I, I like want to try that, and yeah. you could do so many more things. I'm gonna one more question. I'm gonna put it out there to the handsome gentleman, the tall handsome <laughs> gentleman right there, yes. Roger Lowe. Yes. Roger. Woo. Uh, this is the last one, but I wanted to focus as you, uh, at you, Rabbi. Um, how do you see this on the continuum? Obviously, Reformed Jews, 21st century. How do you see this on the continuum? of what guidance you've understood or you give to community members? Thank you for that question because um, I think it goes back to the idea when people actually are struggling and as you know rabbis we have people who come in and they're anxious or they're depressed or they're deprived or they're depraved or they're whatever it is that whatever it is that they're struggling with and so often now, I actually, I think to myself, well, everybody's, you know, taking some kind of drug for something, but we have this thing that's not even really medicine. It's just a state of being, and it's called Shabbat. And so what I, in terms of the continuum, I say to people, have you tried this thing called Shabbat? And on the continuum of having gotten so far away, and this idea somehow that like Shabbat is for the Orthodox, yeah. um, I really what I what I try to suggest is you start out and you do a little bit at a time. I don't say to people like when I when I counsel um, couples that are getting married, I don't say and you should do a whole Shabbat your first time together. I say you know what, pick one thing where you're going to totally unplug, and it could be it could be Friday night, it could be making challah, could be just the dinner on Friday night. Or it could be that you keep your phone on on Friday night, you don't do it, but on Saturday morning you have challah French toast and you have a hike. Whatever it is that you start with one essential moment in time, 
and you say, this moment in time is different. Mm -hmm. And what I found when people come back to me is they're not just doing one moment anymore. It's almost like an epidemic where they want more time to themselves. <laughs> yeah. They don't want less addictive. time. And that make, list. Shabbat, let's make Shabbat addictive instead of the phone. Yes. I mean, oh, yes. Yeah. Let's make a Shabbat. Let's make Shabbat. So I love that. I love that question. And I also get back to that idea of everybody has a list of stuff, not your to-do list, but the I wish. I wish mm -hmm. list. I really wish I had more time to. Everybody think about that. One thing in your mind you wish you had more time to. Maybe, it's, maybe yours is nothing. So I'm going to say, I wish I had more time for, and you guys are going to yell it out if you can. I wish I had more time to swim. Play ukulele. Whatever it is. I, you know what? I could do it all night, and you guys would all fill in the blanks because there's so much that we have not enough time. And guess what? I have something that I guarantee. We all have an expiration date, and you want to get in as much of the stuff that matters to you at that time. So thank you for that question. I'm going to just throw it to our author, Tiffany Schlein, for a last word. That's a word. new title for me. It's still very exciting. Tiffany Schlein, <laughs> Shabbat observant, Tiffany Schlein, cultural Jew, boo. And, very um, religious, yes. Tiffany Schlein. No. And tell us, um, and then we're going to ha have a little schmooze time, and yeah, we'll, and eat, some we'll eat some hummus, and uh, hummus. sign the books. Uh, throw it to me to close. How can we get the word out? Um, oh, yeah, thank you. So tomorrow, so my film studio does something called Character Day, and this year, um, you can stay here, the, the, we look at the neuroscience and social science of character development. So it's our sixth year, and we look at things on how do you strengthen empathy and gratitude. And we're, last year there was over 200,000 groups, so it's very big all over the country and the world. But this year our question is, what's the relationship to your character and screen use? When does on scre being on screens enhance who you are, enhance your sense of empathy, social courage, social intelligence, and when does it diminish it? So tomorrow's character day, and we're inviting people en masse to try a tech Shabbat for four weeks in a row, and we're gonna kind of hold your hand through it. So we have tips, I'm gonna do check-ins on Wednesday, how'd it go, people always have questions, we've been doing it for 10 years, we have answers. So if you're curious about it, um, you can just go to characterday.org and sign up, it's free, and we'll just, you're gonna do it with a whole bunch of other people, which is always more fun. Uh, but the key thing for us is the practice of it. So if you're up for trying it, block off your calendar for four weeks because there's all this research about how do you build a, a habit into your life? How do you build a practice? And it's not just a one-off. It's like, and again, even if you can't make the whole day, but like for four weeks in a row, you're going to try. So I invite you all to try it. And again, oh, one yeah. Week wait, wait, one day a week? One, one day. Straight. So we're going to, everyone's going <laughs> to, sorry, thank you guys. <laughs> So Friday night, Tech Shabbat, but then the next week you do a Tech Shabbat, the next week you do a Tech Shabbat, next week, because the power of Shabbat is the ritual of it. It's the every weakness that you have baked into your life that you look forward to all week. And it becomes your favorite day of the week, I promise. And I, I say, I, the last thing I'd say, somebody's like, well, why, why try to convince me? And I was like, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. I don't know what else to say. I think you don't have to say anything after that, but what I will say mm -hmm. is thank you, Tiffany. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Bluma and Odessa for being here with us. And, and I will add, because we're here at one of your many synagogues, um, we're inside, we're not on Mount Tam, but one other way to start Shabbat is to come to a synagogue and to come to services um, or play the ukulele. But we have a service here every Friday night at 6 o'clock. So some people like to come and start out in community, um, being yeah. together on Shabbat. So we are so thrilled to have you as congregants. I love you as dear friends. Thank you so much to the Goldberg oh, Schlein family. Thank you, Sydney. Rabbi Sydney. Woohoo! Oh. Oh, sure. All right, now go sign some books. Mm.
Thank you.